Welcome to Believing the Bible with Scott Lane and Terry Reed of the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association with a message of hope in today's troubled world based on biblical truths. We hope that today's program is enlightening and inspirational. What on earth shall I do this time? Oh, I suppose I should do it again. I'll call... Ape Man the Rescuer. Saving atheism, humanism, philosophical materialism, and postmodernism from observed facts, real science, and common sense. <laughs> Hello. Ape Man the Rescuer, I need your help again. Charles Darwin said that vestigial organs are proof of evolution. Then, in 1893, Robert Wiedersheim published The Structure of Man, a book on human anatomy which contained a list of 86 human organs that he considered vestigial. Thus, I've been touting vestigial organs as proof of evolution. So what's the problem? Well, it would seem that the organs he and Darwin listed have, well, they have function after all. So what does vestigial organ mean, anyway? <sighs> Honestly, Darwin defined vestigial organ as one that is left over from an ancestor and no longer has a useful function. Don't panic. Just change what vestigial means. Say it shows that vestigial organ is still around because now it has a different function. But then I would be contradicting Darwin, don't you see? In The Descent of Man, Darwin himself wrote that the appendix is useless. And we've been following our hero's lead ever since. Calm down. Remind people that the Bible cannot be true, and then the scientific community will all support you. If anyone does criticize you, you just call him a flat earther, or creationist, religious nut. After all, can't a word have more than one meaning? You know, like species? What do you mean, species? Yeah, what does species mean? Well, species can have several meanings. Oh, now I get it. But how should vestigial organs be defined? That doesn't matter, as long as you say that whatever it is, it's still evidence for evolution. Why, that's brilliant. Why hadn't I thought of that? Yeah, whatever. Welcome to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and our producer, Ed Salzadel, all directors at the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association. We are here to reassure you you can believe the Bible from the very first verse. That skit at the end gets into, you're very upset about sometimes, Terry, about that they redefine words in the middle of a discussion or an argument, which is bad stuff. But the total of what they're talking about here is vestigial organs, that we have useless parts that are left over from evolution. We like to quote Psalm 139, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. How can we be fearfully and wonderfully made if we got junk parts laying around? And we also like to quote Job 10, 9 through 12, Remember that you have made me like clay, and you will return me to the dust. Did you not pour me out like milk and, and curdle me like cheese? You clothed me with skin and flesh, knit me together with bones and sinews. You have granted me life and steadfast love, and your care has preserved my spirit. And in the background of that description of how God so intricately and carefully made us, we have people 100 years ago, more than 100, about 150 years ago, that had a list of as many as 180 pieces as you could just cut out because we don't need them anymore. Right. Now, interesting on that list, 
I was looking at one list they had. One guy listed 86 things. Carl, I'd like you to have a comment on this. He said, okay, useless, the thymus gland. Right. Well, the thymus gland in, in newborns is quite huge. And it's located in the thoracic cavity, behind, just in the chest front of the heart. Now, on the, on the x-ray, when x-rays were first being used, someone took x-rays of children, of infants, of uh, young, young kids, and saw this thing. And they, they said, well, what is that? It's got to be something bad. It's got to be a tumor. And they said, oh, it's a thymus. Oh, we, we don't need a thymus. The thymus is useless. We know that from our studies. So therefore, they irradiated the thymus gland on these children. And, the, of course, the effects of radiation on the thymus was devastating. The thymus gland produces T cells. Now, T cells may have been uh, heard about from people with HIV or uh, AIDS disease, which shows that the T cells are not functioning like they're supposed to. And, of course, that means the, the T cells coming from the thymus gland, which is why it's called a T cell. It came from the thymus, thymus-derived lymphocyte. If you don't have those, your immune system doesn't work very well. In fact, it works terrible. So imagine what happened to these children who were irradiated. So their thymus gland did not develop properly, and they frequently died very young. So they needed it. They needed it. Their it's not vestigial. The pineal gland is was on that list in the 19th century. The pineal gland is buried deep within the brain and seems to have very little function, but it does produce that we know of, uh, at least one hormone called melatonin. Now, a lot of people use melatonin tablets over the counter to help them sleep because... Or to put their kids to sleep. Or to put their kids yeah. to sleep. We won't mention that. But anyway, uh, <laughs> melatonin is a regulator of our biorhythm that kind of makes us sleepy at the appropriate time. So, yes, the pineal gland is very important. Also on that list in the 19th century was the thyroid gland. I think there's a parathyroid gland. Okay. Parathyroid gland. Thank the you. Thyroids, they pretty much had a handle on, but the parathyroids, they said, what, what are these little things? What are they supposed to do? So they must, they must be useless. Can't tell what it is until biochemistry really got into the, the, the ball game and, and started figuring out what these various hormones were, where they came from, and what they did. They thought the parathyroid glands were just little useless growths within the thyroid. So, yes, there was a number of things, including wisdom teeth, which the orthodontists have figured out that the, the people in, in areas that eat a lot of high fiber don't have problems with wisdom teeth you know, getting, causing encroachment upon their other teeth. But in the low fiber diet of most westernized societies, as much as 10 to 15 percent of people have trouble with their wisdom teeth if they're not removed. Just incidentally, point I was thinking when I heard that, what would Adam and Eve have been eating? All kinds of fruits. High fiber. That's right. Would have expanded their mouth cavity to where they would have had no problem. You're listening to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed and Dr. Carl Williams. If you would like to learn more, go to sabsa.org. That is S-A-B-B-S-A dot org. Terry, you had the idea for this skit. What were you thinking about vestigial organs? Okay, well... If you go to Answers in Genesis, they have a section, Arguments to Avoid or Arguments for Christians to Avoid. And I think some of the other um, biblical creation websites have that. It's arguments that because of what we learn or what we know now, we, we shouldn't use those arguments anymore. And that's what the Darwinists should do on this particular issue of vestigial organs. They should just come out and say, okay, Darwin got it wrong on this one. 
but they're still trying to hang on to this. They, they can't give it up. Instead of just saying Darwin got it wrong, they're trying to say, well, you know, these are still vestigial organs. The appendix is still a vestigial organ. It just used to be used for something else than other than what it's being used for now. So it's still proof of evolution. It's the same way they don't want to give up on junk DNA. They were using this concept of junk DNA as proof of, of evolution, and now that they know it's not junk, that it has a purpose, they're trying to use that as proof of evolution. It's like, you know, they can't give up, even now they can't give up on Haeckel's embryos, which were uh, disproven many decades ago. Well, 120 and, years ago. Yeah. And they just can't admit that, you know, that they got it wrong on something. If you look at the world through rose-colored glasses, everything's going to look rose-colored, and that's how the Darwinists are. They're looking at everything through Darwinian glasses, and, and that's just how they see everything. What we find when we look at those lists of 86 to 180 pieces that you could supposedly cut out of us that are useless, is that list has whittled down to zero that God put everything into us because we need it, because it's part of the design. We weren't bright enough sometimes in our history to even understand what they were. Looking at the thymus and saying, well, that's, that's a tumor. That doesn't need to be there. It did need to be there. The things we get into today, the coccyx or tailbone, there's, of course, the myth that that's just a withering tail. That kind of gets thrown away when you cut out a coccyx or tailbone from a person because it's broken. What happened to them, Dr.? Trying to be FCC uh, compliant here. Basically, your bottom falls out. So, you know, <laughs> literally. It, it is the cap to your spinal column. You can't sit right if you don't have one. It has design. We'd already well, it's also a, a kind of a plug, if you will, yeah. for various organs that excrete various things. And yeah. if you didn't have it, your excretory things would fall out. You're not going to function right without it. That's correct. It's not as if it's a useless piece. We've already discussed wisdom teeth It's at some length. The appendix, which Terry referred to, that thing is located right near the junction of the small and large colon. It is in a perfect position to replenish useful bacteria to our whole digestive tract so that we can process food well. It has real purpose. The tonsils are not the only defense system we have for junk coming into our mouth and, and into the esophagus, but it's the first defense system, and it is part of our immune system. These things have purposes, and we're probably not too bright when we try to dismiss those things. God puts stuff into us for a purpose. Any last thoughts, guys? Well, I was a part of surgical teams when the theory on the appendix was, well, if, you're, if you happen to have the belly open, just go ahead and take it, because take the appendix out because it's going to cause a problem sooner or later. So just, just remove it. And this was done oftentimes before the informed consent came out. This was oftentimes done just routinely. The surgeon was in there, said, well, I'll just take it out. It only takes a couple of seconds. Because it's useless. Because it's useless. And it'll save, save this lady from coming back or this mm -hmm. person from coming back mm -hmm. again for another operation. So that's how far wrong evolution has taken us. You know, infants to just a casual amputation of organs from within our body. And that same movement has occurred with tonsils. 
act in terms of that's right. trying to treat them with antibiotics rather than simply routinely removing them. That's right. When I was a kid, most of my classmates had their tonsils removed. God doesn't make junk. Information for creation events in our area are on our website's calendar page. For more information or to schedule a presentation, go to sabsa.org or call 210-599-7240. When you go to our website, you can click on a link to our newsletter. Our website has a link for contact information on which you can order our newsletter to be emailed to you or you can call us. Also go to whyshouldyoubelieve.com. That is Terry's website containing articles looking at current day issues from a biblical perspective. Sabsa meets the second Tuesday of each month at 7 p.m. We are now meeting at Faith Lutheran Church just south of the corner of Jones Maltzberger and Thousand Oaks. There you will find biblical apologetics and creation science teaching found nowhere else in Bear County, as well as the availability of books and videos on these important subjects. If you missed any part of this show, you can listen to this show anytime by going to the AM630 KSLR, the Word in South Texas website. Click on KSLR Podcast, scroll down until you find Believing the Bible. Please join us again next Saturday for Believing the Bible. I'm Scott Lane. And for Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and Ed Salzwell, thanks for listening. And we hope you found today a reason to believe the Bible.